You are listening to the BICBP Radio Network. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Anthony with Vinyl Divers. Thank you for coming in. We, got a, we took a break last week, and I think I want to come back with a fun show, or a fun episode, a fun album, something cool, high energetic, and I took a minute and sat down. I was looking through my vinyls earlier, not earlier, the other day, and I was sitting there going... What can bring some energy? What brings that summer vibe? And the album I was going to record last time, I just wasn't feeling. I feel like it wasn't it wasn't worthy yet. And it just it has summer vibe, but it was just a little too laid back, a little too older. And I was like, nah, I need something with angst. I need something with a little more energy. And there's a ska band, kind of ska, kind of punk. It's this angsty mix of '90s aggression. I feel, and they went in this this really out their direction but i pulled up no doubts tragic kingdom today to share and it's gonna be fun i love this album so much so today what i think is really cool is that i've actually i got like two stories and then we're gonna dive into it and if you if you've ever talked music with me and talked to scott i probably have brought up that i saw them in concert I feel like it was really cool when I did because it was by accident. And when I saw No Doubt in concert, honestly, I think it's one of the is one of the moments where you could see a pivotal turn in a friendship. And the only reason I went to see No Doubt it was back in two thousand nine is because at the end of my freshman year, me and this kid named Jay Cody started getting closer as friends. And he was a new kid back at school the year before, and he was kind of a, a kid that was in choir and. Now we we kind of were in bands together, and you no, know, we, we were friends. And he knew that I loved Scott, and he was like, "Hey, you want to go see this concert? My mom's got an extra ticket." So I was like, "Sure, why not?" Crashed at his house, went to the show, and as honestly as started one of my best friendships ever because of this concert. This it was crazy. It was high energy. We originally were supposed to have lawn seats, and the people in front of us. I don't even know how it happened. I don't know. Maybe his mom upgraded for like super cheap we end up getting actual chairs in the in the back area it's at at darien lake really awesome show and it's kind of the first time me and jay got to hang out just you know hang out as friends outside of school we all out in school but like this was it like this was kind of like boom you guys both went to see a scott concert you guys saw uh, paramore actually op- was uh the headliner the that open for no doubt it was a phenomenal show uh one thing I remember is that when Paramore came out, after Haley Williams comes right out singing, the two other guitarists, they each do air, aerial, like, side roll flips, kind of, like, front flips, but kind of, like, side roll off of each other and jump over one another, which I thought was nuts. And it was just, that was my first exposure to No Doubt. And all I really heard previous to this was, I think I... I don't know if it came up before or after was uh, Guitar Hero World Tour. 
they actually featured the song Spiderwebs on it. And I remember that being exposure to No Doubt. But apart from that, I never heard any of their songs. I never heard any other hits from that album. And I remember being asked for the show. My mom was like, yeah, well, they're a ska band. And she goes, I think you would like them. So I was like, sure, I'll go. And seeing this, seeing it live, this was phenomenal. I think at this point, this is freshman year when they played. I think I'd only went to one or two other ska shows before this. One was a local show and the other one before that was the Mustard Plug show that I've talked about. So this was right on right on in early in my introduction. And it was cool. It made an impact. And to see Paramore and then No Doubt comes out and they kill the stage. This super elaborate, these giant staircase, the drum was up in the center on a on like a raised area. And you had off to the side the two keyboardists, but they would also play trumpet and trombone. They came down in. And then the drummer comes off halfway through and he's playing a like a drum line snare and he's just on the drum with this set and he's wearing stri- just a tutu like like a puff like tutu that's it and the guy is jamming and they put on a great show live phenomenal music was great it was solid strong fast energetic i mean obviously there's some slow parts like the song itself but they they are phenomenal live i wish i could have been closer or Wish I could go back and relive that concert, see them now, which I don't think I'll ever be able to get to go do. And phenomenal show live. And because of that, they made a solid impact. And whenever I think of ska, whenever I whenever I think of punk rock or that early not punk well, not punk rock, whenever I think of that early ska, the first bands that come to my come to my mind are Real Big Fish, Less Than Jake, No Doubt, Money Money, Boston. So those they're right in that first list off when people ask me, well, what are your favorite ska bands? I list them off right away. And I think it's because they did so good live and it was, it just made such an impact. Now, not, not only do I like No Doubt just because of that, one of the reasons that this album specifically, Tragic Kingdom, is because it's one of the first albums I think me and my sister, Lindsay, connected on. But me and Lindsay, I've always had music playing when I was growing up. Whenever she'd, you know, she would come into my come into my room when, I, when we were living at home, and I always had music playing, and I never realized how much of an influence it really was on her. Because now she'll come up to me and she's like, "Hey, I love Green Day. I love Blink, and she loves these bands that I used to play, and I never made her listen to." And this was one of the first albums, like three, four years ago, when I was still like getting ready to move out or not, but. She would come in and we back when I had my record player, it's one of the first albums I had. I put it on and she would just hang out and chill and just listen to it. And it was cool because it was one of the first times that, you know, I shared a musical interest in common with my younger sister. And for those of you that know me, you know, me and my sister Lindsay, our musical interest is something really cool that, you know, that we share. We have a lot of the same interests. She likes a lot of the like newer hip hop like radio hits. But then she has this punk alternative side to her that, like, there's that also that side. And I think that this album really kind of helps solidify that and kind of concrete that 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 connection, that uh, sibling bond of, you know, she asked me what kind of music I like, what kind of, what kind she would like to listen to. And I feel like I had part in kind of shaping her musical interest. And it was cool. And it's because of this album, Tragic Kingdom, that it really just, it clicked. But no doubt, they're awesome. 
forming in 1986, and they led into the 90s with this sound that I purely say was a product of their time. And by the 90s, the lineup really consisted of Gwen Stefani, the bass, or Gwen Stefani for lead vocals. On the basis and one of the keyboards was Tony Canal, which was her boyfriend at the time. You had a guitarist uh, and keyboardist Tom DeMont and drummer Adrian Young. They also had another keyboardist, two other keyboarders, and trombone and trumpet uh, trumpet player Gabriel McNair and Stephen Bradley. And I never really ever realized how many people they had in their band that played keyboards because it's one thing that I remember sticking out when I was a kid is that there was like seven keyboards on stage and they all seemed to be being played and they also heard, heard horns. As a kid, I didn't click. I don't know what happened. I remember that night fully all the way because I was so young, but wow, never had that realization there. But they were releasing their, uh, they released their self-titled album with very little success back in 92. It, they didn't have their, their sound yet. They're really pushing, they're trying to stand out. And this before they went very pop Scott vibe, and they had a very darker tone. They were still pulling influences from the grunge wave as it made its way through the 90s. They had a lot of different things going into their band. There was a lot of changing at the time, but they were still popular. They got big because they had they were playing local uh, bars, local parties, college events, high school parties. And there's actually a music video for, if you Google, if you Google them, I don't know the song or exactly what it is, but if you Google, no doubt, late 80s high school party, grad party, there, there's video, there's footage of them that actually was act, uh, in their VH1 or the MTV behind the music that they had in, the, in a documentary with them uh, playing like a high school bar or high school like grad party gig, like back when they were very young. And the only reason they got noticed was really because of Gwen's high stage high energy attitude and atmosphere that she draw that she drew and it is what caught people on stage and they were still trying to go for this harvey or sound and they got picked up by they got picked up by the label interscope and when they were signed it was just purely because of her because of gwen's stage presence but as they as they released their first album it was self-titled it really didn't hit they went into writing their second album a lot of the songs that came on came out on the second album, it was a lot of recording sessions that the album had started to have. A lot of songs that were kind of half finished, half done. They were it was a mixed podge. It wasn't a full set complete album, and it it hit better success than the first one, but it still didn't put them in the limelight. It still didn't send them through the stars. It didn't put them into the fame that they were during the time. Eric Stefani, Gwen's brother, um, he's when they formed the band originally he was feeling there was a split he felt awkward when when writing songs for interscope and for this new album it just felt like the writing wasn't there the record label actually had wanted to bring in other people to help them produce a sound that would make them popular and would boost them and eric just wasn't feeling it he felt very awkward and he wanted to leave and respectfully he did he went on to work for the simpsons uh, doing animation during his time of leaving though in that kind of transition he was encouraging the rest of the band to also try and write their own music so he wasn't still writing for them and a lot of the third album was Gwen Stefani's uh, songwriting Tony Cana- uh, Canal Canal 
And they still had Eric help write some. And a lot of the third album is about... <clears throat> a lot of the third album is from those three. And what I'm going to say is that the third album that they released, I say, is a product of three things. One, Eric's decision to leave and have the band write. Two, the resurrection or renaissance of the third wave of ska. And three, that's the breakup of Gwen and Tony. This album, no, uh, Tragic Kingdom, it kicks off with a solid song called Spiderwebs. Spiderwebs was a song that was on the Guitar Hero game. It's, I think, the first time I ever... So it's actually one of the first songs I tried learning from No Doubt. And I used to have the intros. Actually, I used to know the whole song, except for the solo. It's usually what I didn't learn. But Spiderwebs is, I think, one of my favorite songs in general. You, whenever I made a, make a ska playlist or whenever I did like a high school playlist of ska music, it was always in there somehow. And... I think that's one. Of the, I think that's my song. The song my little sister she loved. She used to sing it too on um, the Guitar Hero game. It was when they did like the rock band thing. It was really fun, and it's actually a really fun song to play live or to actually like play on real guitar, not like a toy guitar. And going through it, it was really looking learning about these songs is kind of cool because I ended up finding out that this song was actually written not by a stalker, but it was more of a it was bought from a creep. Uh, the lyrics were done from this from when Gwen was getting phone calls from someone that said that wanted to, to give her poetry, and she just was like, "I don't want nothing to do with you." And he just wouldn't take the hint. And we just really need to see like that, you know, that turned into this giant big song. And what I like about the song is this, this blaring of the horns and the music video. If you look at the way that's shot and with the room it was in and the camera, the zooming in and zooming out. And the, the action from it, it's just really fun, really cool. catches your attention. And I, I like, honestly, the way Gwen Stefani sings. She has got this breathiness to it. But then when she wants to use her vocals and her pipes, she really has this strong voice. This, this cuts through and just really strong, really powerful. And it catches you off guard because you don't expect, you don't wait, you don't see it coming. And I think Spiderwebs is a great way to kick off the first side. It is a fun song with the horns. It is energetic. The guitar, the solos, there's almost like a key change in it, like this during like the bridge. And it just, it's fun. It's its one of my top songs. I love this song. Uh, this album is cool because a lot of it from what I've learned was that a lot of the songs that she's singing, they're all about, she's, she makes it to sound from her point of view, but they're also written you know, a lot of the, the when the lyrics are written, they're written from by Tony and Eric, and she just changes them, modifies them. But you know, it's cool to learn what songs are about what. On this album, one else, another one that I really wanted to like is uh, it's called "Just a Girl." <laughs>
This one is, uh, it was written for her, to her father or with her father in mind because, uh, Gwen wrote it from an experience when she came home from a boyfriend's house late at night, her dad went off on her and was very, very mad and disappointed. So she's trying to say, Hey, I can do what I want to do. I'm an adult. I'm a, I can do it. I, I'm old enough. I can make my own decisions to have that independent, that fighting, that power, it's a, it's a it's it's cool. The lyrics are fun. I've actually really liked this song and the popping noise that that almost techno y that's the synthesizer keyboards and it really adds an, a layer, almost a unique sound to it because whenever you hear keys or anything like that in other ska bands or anything, it's usually the road sounding just in the background to get that popping noise to get that like offbeat counter. And they more or less use these keyboards and the synthesizers for all their effects and their little quirkiness. And it fits. It makes it more of a flavorful album, the sound, the flavor. It's more of like a, I don't know, cotton candy type of flavoring where it's like, ooh, it's something fun, unique, little, sounds kiddish and girlyish. I don't know, not really girlyish, but you know, it's kind of, it has this different vibe or feeling to it. And I like it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a good, like, summer album, I feel, because of this. Because of the attitude that the whole album brings. This song specifically, uh, I was singing it just the other day with uh, me and my girlfriend and our old roommate. We, she had come over and we were doing uh, karaoke at our house. Um, not, I didn't start it, but no, I'll obviously finish it. And uh, just a girl came on through and we had three people in their mid-twenties blaring Gwen Stefani at, you know, two o'clock at night. It, it was fun. It was cool. Going through and actually looking at the lyrics, I was thinking about a way to modify it to be saying from a from a guy's perspective. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about showcasing it at karaoke one of these nights. I'll let you guys know how that goes. From Chris's face, from from the face I'm getting from Chris, I'm thinking it may be a bad idea. I don't know though. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a there's like a fa- there's like a look of disappointment but yet he kind of wants it to happen just so he can hear me say I did it. I, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'll try and get some video if I can get if I can do that. <laughs> but from the first out from the first side, it's really strong, really solid. It goes from, you know, spider webs, excuse me, mister is the second song. I love that one too. Uh, it's, it's honestly a the whole this whole album is really cool. It's got this great quirkiness, this sound of they're kind of heavy, kind of aggressive, they kind of that punk feel, but they also bring this ska beat horns up, happiness, energy, and you know, I, I didn't see them live back in the '90s, but I've seen music videos from them, and you could see their their attitude. Uh, Tony, when he's playing bass and live, this one thing I loved is that I was in the back of this. I was I was in the very back row of the theater watching of like an outdoor amphitheater. And when he was jumping, you could see the distance, the, the, the distance between his ground, the ground and his feet. There was like a three to four foot jump. This guy had and wasn't jumping straight up four foot, but like he would tuck his feet into like his chest as he's playing bass. And 
it stands out. And I'm watching music videos of this song and the other, um, the other one, the other singles that they had from this album. You could see it. You could see him in the one spot where he's starting to jumping and he get, he's getting his knees up and you kind of see like, oh yeah, it's how he was. And they, they've always had that attitude and that energy, it seems. And they got signed because of it and it was fun. On the second uh, side, the song I do want to point out that I really like, and I've tried learning this one before a few times, but I just haven't stuck through it hard enough, is called uh, Don't Speak. You and me, we used to be together, every day together, I really feel that I'm losing my best friend I can't believe this could be the end uh, That song, uh, for those of you who don't know, is actually is about the breakup from Gwen and her boyfriend at the time. And I think this is the one song that kind of, it fits because I, I don't know. I don't know how to say why it fits. I like this song. and. It's a great on this album because it's got that change up. A lot of their songs are more fast paced, energy, more fun sounding. And then this was a more real song. It was, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to be direct. And she wanted to tell a story. She wanted to give her feelings and her impressions. And it was really more of a powerful song. And I think it's awesome because when I've seen it, when I saw it live and I saw it in videos, when they do the solo, he actually, the guitarist actually brings out, he has an acoustic guitar set on stage and he'll come out and switch out and he'll do the solo in with the acoustic guitar and it just, it fits, it flows perfectly. And I do, I love the song. I feel like this album, for them, the three songs I highlighted for this album alone, though, I think it's great. But aside, there's also a song I do like. It's called Sunday Morning. And it actually, it's another, it's another side of the whole idea of the breakup between the two. And it's uh, based on a fight that they had at night when they were at um, Tony's, Tony's parents' house. And they were fighting between the doors. One was in the bathroom, one was on the other side of the door. And they were fighting between the doors, yelling at each other. So they went back and they rewrote, they wrote the song to kind of about that, about that, what happened, about that event. And then the whole music video is that they're getting ready, cooking this nice dinner. At the very end, it turns into a giant food fight. They're getting ready for a giant food fight. And it's just, I think it says something to me. If anything, that's what this, what these two in these two songs showed me is that, you know, you have a relationship for seven years and break up and yet you're still friends. You could still play in the band together. You could still put out great music. And they both wrote mu- the music together, which I think stands out and says a lot. Uh before I wrap up the songs in this album, there's one is that the final song is called Tragic Kingdom, which I think is great because it is a play on the words from the Magic Kingdom. And if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's like a parodying and they're 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 making fun of Disney World or Disneyland. I'm assuming Disneyland because it's in California, but it's one of the two. They're making fun of Disney. And I just thought it was like a great like who who attacks Disney? Like no one does. You you don't. But they do. And I just thought it was fun. It was, or I, I just thought it was 
It's a cool song. It's a good little way to hit it. Now, I'm going to go through uh, and rate my copy. And it's a little hurtful here. Because I bought this album twice. So I think that I think that that gets a point alone. But the first ver- the first copy I had was I bought back in high school. I bought it. It was a tangerine orange, which is great because of the cover with uh, Gwen holding the oranges and they're in the orange field and everything. And it was the tangerine color and it was see-through and awesome. I let someone borrow it and I could have swore I got it back, but I don't think I ever did. I never got it back and it makes me really sad because I love that. That album was awesome. It was one of my favorites when I first had it was getting into vinyls. It's actually one of the few like few modern like vinyls I had. I had a bunch of oldies and 80s rock and everything and then I had the I had the Silverstein album. I had the Polar Bear Club and then uh, no doubt. And that was it. That's all the modern vinyl I had. And then it was gone. And then when I got back into vinyl, I started getting some Sky albums. I was like, where's my No Doubt? And I realized I never got it back. And I, I questioned my old roommate. I'm like, did you still have it? Was it yours? And she never had it. And I think it was a friend of mine from back in high school that had borrowed it, actually. So I rebought it. And I was expecting a fun orange colored vinyl again i open up and it's black and it was a little disappointing i don't buy albums just because of color but like when it's obvious that a certain album should be a certain color like when you buy a monster plug album and you're expecting it to be yellow and it's black and it's just very sad well no doubt i thought there was going to be orange for this album and it was i got the black vinyl of it so it's kind of you know meh but still a good record regardless because I'm going to rate it with a five because, you know, you started at a five. I'm going to give it a point because of Spiderwebs and the impact that that song has had on friendships from a relationship between me and my sister for being on, to be cool enough to be on the video game. I'll give it that point. I'll wrap it all up right there. I'll give it a point because they rocked while playing live. They're a great band. And because of that concert, I went out and had to buy the vinyl. And then I have to give it another point because I had bought it twice. So I said, if you can make me buy vinyl twice, you get a point. You get it. You can't like you got to be a good album. You can't be bad there. And that is a eight out of ten because we go from one to ten. We start at five. So I'm gonna give it this album an eight. I want to say thank you because everyone that was no doubts tragic kingdom. I can't even handle Chris right now. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Thank you all for diving in for another episode. Please check me out on social media and follow me on Snapchat and Instagram at Vinyl Divers Podcast. Get me at Twitter at Vinyl Divers Pod. We have a Facebook page for Vinyl Divers Podcast. But get me, uh, you can email me at Vinyl Divers Podcast at gmail.com. Check out the network page, BICBP radio.com podcast for everyone everyone we have t-shirts we have shows we have friends of our networks go share the love go see them say what's up check out the other shows that we're on and remember keep diving